Hello, and welcome back to Holding Space for Therapists, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy, and in today's episode, I'm sharing one of the biggest game-changer business decisions that I made in 2019. In 2019, I decided to hire a virtual assistant. Now, I had heard about VAs before from some of the online marketing business entrepreneurs that I admire and follow and listen to in their own podcasts, but I never thought that a VA was something that would necessarily make sense for a licensed therapist in private practice. Boy, was I wrong. I was drowning. There was a period of time where I was just feeling so overwhelmed by all the different elements of my business, and I was really looking for support. Around this time, I met Taylor, who I have on the podcast today. She was a therapist in training and also working as a virtual assistant, supporting modern therapists in private practice. And I was like, wow, you are the unicorn that I've been looking for. I hired her pretty quickly because I just really felt a good fit with her right off the bat. And in this episode, we're exploring her journey into becoming a virtual assistant, talking a little bit about our relationship and the ways in which she has really supported the growth of my business. And bonus, I also feel less alone in the work that I'm doing. We explore and discuss ways in which you could potentially find a virtual assistant and all the different tasks that a virtual assistant could be supporting you in when it comes to your modern private practice. I'm so excited to share my virtual assistant, Taylor, with all of you, so let's get to the episode. You're listening to Holding Space for Therapists, a podcast for modern therapists. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy, and I'm passionate about supporting therapists and building profitable, sustainable, and meaningful private practices. Are you ready to build or grow your modern private practice? Let's dive in. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Uh, you and I are in talks every day because you are my virtual assistant, <laughs> but it's really fun to get a chance to actually record a podcast episode with you because honestly, Taylor, you bringing you into my life professionally has been such a game changer. Um, so a little bit of context before I hear about your context of how we came to know each other. And so I think that I posed a question on social media, just like, hey, has anybody here hired a virtual assistant before? And this was on my private um, therapist account for other therapists. And I mm -hmm. asked because I was feeling a little bit like I was drowning and I really needed some support in different areas. And I had at that point, I don't know if I've shared this with you, but at that point I had actually previously hired, like I'd worked with a PR person. I had worked with a person who is not a therapist, but is like a social media manager. Um, mm -hmm. And I had also just hired a friend at one point to support me with some of the projects I had going on. And while all of them were like wonderful and um, helpful in certain ways, it just it just was never exactly what I needed. And then you like responded to my question on social media and you're like, I don't have one, but I am one. And <laughs> I took a quick look and peek over at your account. And I was like, okay, I need to know more about this 
girl because she's a therapist, but she's also an, a virtual assistant and her feed is beautiful. And I don't know, maybe this is the unicorn. <laughs> I've been and like, Taylor, didn't I like it? We moved fast. Our relationship moved pretty quick. I think I hired you. Like we were like signing contracts and like you were like supporting me like two or three days later. It was pretty mm-hmm. quick, a pretty quick turnaround, but it's been like you are the unicorn that I had been searching for um, to support me in different elements of my business and the work that I do. So I want to get into all of that and the different roles that hiring support and help can have and having a virtual assistant. But first, I'd love to hear more from you just about your context for our audience and the listeners and your background and what brought you to the field of starting to train to become a therapist because you're a student right now um, and what brought you to the work of being a virtual assistant. Yeah, so um, thank you so much for having me on and like you said, it was it was definitely a, a fast process when we when we got started. I know that we've both talked about how we're both the kind of people that just when it feels right, we just really go for it. And um, it was fun for me to have you reach out about working with you um, because I listened to your podcast and, you know, I really admired your work and you as a business owner. So it was kind of like a fangirl moment for me as a student to have you reach out and um, have the opportunity to work with you. So it was really fun. I know I'm definitely somebody who like, I'll feel something in my gut, like I'll have an instinct and um, I'll go for it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for the most part, it tends to lead me in the right direction. It definitely helped me really quickly connect with you and get going in our work with each other. Um, But yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit more about what brought you to do this work. Yeah, so I actually, you know, growing up, I was always really involved in volunteer work and mission work. I've always been very much of an empath um, as, you know, I think many therapists kind of start out um, as. And um, so I actually did my undergraduate degree in sociology um, Mm -hmm. and I got my bachelor's degree there. But once I graduated, I didn't really think that I wanted to continue on Uh, in that field to do research or become a social worker. Uh, You know, now that I'm actually in the field, I look back and I kind of see where some of the stigma and uh, possibly some, you know, discourse was at play and me making that decision not to go into that field. You know, I actually had never been to therapy myself. I didn't know anyone that was in therapy. I think it was kind of that stigma of something really has to be wrong in order for you to go to therapy. Um, And so, you know, it had really never crossed my mind. And as far as social work went, I think that I really received the message that, um, you know, working within the mental health field or working as a social worker you weren't necessarily going to have the most financially stable job, Mm -hmm. um, which now I know is, is different, but I think that 
that message and that discourse was really a deterrent for me continuing uh, within that field. So I actually wanted to continue with a sort of helping or a healing profession, but I, being financially stable was really important to me. So I decided to pursue an associate's degree as a registered nurse. And it was, I did a couple semesters there and unfortunately I realized it wasn't the right fit for me. Mm -hmm. I loved working with the patients. I loved being with them and sitting with them sometimes in really difficult and, and tough times. You know, it's not sort of similar to therapy. It's, you're not always in the best position when you're at the hospital or um, dealing with a, a tough diagnosis. Um, and so I actually really enjoyed that part of the work, but the medical side really was just not the right fit for me. Uh, but while I was there, I did do a mental health rotation and it was at an inpatient behavioral health hospital. And our role there wasn't as medically based um, for the safety of the, the patients and for the students. It was almost more of a talk therapy role. Yeah. Uh, we spent time with them, just doing activities with them and listening to their stories. And it was kind of at that moment when I really witnessed how powerful it was for some of those individuals to feel seen and feel heard. And I think that really struck a chord with me and kind of made me realize that maybe the mental health route was probably the better option. For me and so from there I just started researching different fields within mental health and different programs and I ended up enrolling in the marriage and family therapy program online at North Central University. Yeah it's interesting I don't think that I knew that we had somewhat similar backgrounds in that but we were both pursuing um, the, the medical field for a period of time until realizing once we were sitting with patients or in a certain rotation that like what we preferred was actually sitting down and talking to people about their experiences. So yeah, mm. I didn't, I don't think that I knew that. Um, yeah. I don't think I knew that about you either. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. And so then once you started school, what led you to, I guess, taking on the role as a virtual assistant for other therapists who were already licensed? Yeah, so I actually, when I started my online program, I was actually newly married as well. I had just gotten married, you know, four to five months before I started my program. And my husband was involved in a program through work um, where he basically was required to move to a new city uh, around the country and sometimes around the world. Um, and he was moving every three and a half months. Um, so once we got married, I started traveling with him as well. So it was really necessary just because of my lifestyle that I find an online program where I could do my coursework virtually, as well as finding uh, experience or some kind of work experience that I could do remotely as well. And something that really stuck out to me when I was in nursing school, actually, um, funnily enough, I really wanted to work in uh, labor and delivery when I graduated. That was kind of my goal. 
And um, something that I kept hearing when I was in school was, you know, you're never going to be able to work in the labor and delivery unit unless you already have some kind of connection or experience in uh, working in that field at a specific hospital or, you know, working as a nursing assistant or, or, or something of that nature. And so that was really deflating for me, you know, um, labor and delivery was really my goal and what I thought that I, I wanted to do, but um, that really struck a chord with me in terms of really wanting to try and get some good experience before graduation. Yeah. And in nursing school, I did not do that. So when it came to my master's program for therapy, it was really important to me that I put myself out there and really try and get that experience. Um, and so I actually kind of had a limited mindset in terms of what would be available to me as far as working virtually. And it was kind of this idea of, you know, how is someone ever going to to hire me to work virtually if maybe they haven't even ever met me in person, you know, who would do that, that sort of thing. Me. And, um, <laughs> I know. And actually that has ended up being the case with most of the people that I've worked for. I think I've only met two of them in person and it was just because I happened to be in that city at the time. Yeah. Um, but the rest of it has all been meeting virtually and, um, and so I think I also thought that in terms of being some kind of an assistant for a therapist, in my mind, I thought that, you know, if a therapist had an assistant, they were physically sitting in their office and they were answering phones and answering emails. And I've actually found that that is not at all the case for most therapists. Um, you know, if you're just spinning out a single office or if you have limited space, actually, having someone that can work virtually is really almost a requirement. Um, so there ended up being a lot more opportunity there than I thought. Um, and so even though I kind of started off with that limited mindset, my husband was the one that kind of pushed me and said, you know, all you can do is put yourself out there and just ask. And the worst thing that someone is going to say is no. And even if you have to start from the bottom and maybe you're just volunteering to get some experience at the beginning, um, you never know what it will, will turn into. So I yeah. kind of went with that attitude and, um, and we were living in Atlanta at the time. And I actually went on Instagram and did a hashtag search for mm -hmm. Atlanta therapist. And um, I don't know why that kind of stuck out to me as the way to find someone nearby but it did yeah. and um and so I did find someone who you know they look very modern and um very approachable and they kind of seemed in alignment with you know maybe what I had hoped to be as a as a therapist one day it was a group practice yeah. and they actually had someone who had also attended the program that I was enrolled at. And so I reached out to try and speak with her over the phone just to kind of pick her brain and learn more about her experience at, at North Central and doing an online program. 
And actually the director of the group practice was nice enough to um, schedule a phone call with me as well and um, just kind of let me pick her brain about what it's like uh, running a group practice. And um, so it was really kind and it was a really great experience for me to be able to chat with them. And at the end of the phone call, I just said, hey, you know, um, I won't be in Atlanta for very long, but if there's anything that uh, I can help you do, even if it's not a paid position, I would be happy mm -hmm. to, to help you do that. Um, and so we actually ended up trading social media content. I was creating four posts a week for her Instagram accounts. And mm -hmm. uh, for each week, I would go into her office for about an hour and kind of trade coaching sessions for Instagram posts. And wow. uh, yeah, so it was a really great experience. And um, once I left Atlanta, she, you know, said, you know, if you're interested, this, this is really working out for me. So I'd be happy to start uh, just paying you monthly and um, we can kind of continue from there. And as far as learning uh, the material of what I was doing, um, I honestly did not have any previous experience. Um, there's a, definitely a bit of imposter syndrome going on there. Um, you know, I didn't have a marketing degree. I didn't have any previous social media experience other than what I was doing personally. Um, mm -hmm. I had started an Instagram account just to kind of um, document and share some of the fun, you know, educational things that I was learning through my program that I thought people might find interesting, but I definitely did not really understand what I was doing in terms of marketing or anything like that. Um, so I definitely didn't think that it was, my business was going to grow the, the way that it did. Um, well, you've done something to learn something, Taylor, because I feel like you definitely know the like ins and outs of like, I mean, at least in terms of things that you, that you and I do together, um, social media engagement and posts and content, as well as like email marketing. And um, I mean, you've helped me a lot as well with like my digital courses and those sort of things. So were there, were there things that you ended up like studying or I mean it sounds like in many ways like you got scrappy and it was like you were gonna you were gonna learn it as you go and you were gonna learn mm -hmm. it yourself and so were there certain um whether it's like podcasts or like online marketing folks um or anything that you kind of pursue to sort of support you in learning some of these marketing skills yeah so podcasts for sure um the mindset that I kind of had was, you know, I was definitely spending a lot more time listening to podcasts and trying to learn some marketing skills. Um, I was spending a lot more time doing that than what I was actually being compensated for and the mm -hmm. content that I was creating. But my mindset was really, you know, this is something that could be beneficial to me later on if I have my own practice or if I need to market right. myself as a therapist. Um, so I didn't consider any of it time wasted. Um, there's so many resources out there that 
are free. You just have to take the time to find them. Um, you know, I was listening to podcasts in the car. I was listening to them in the gym pretty much every second of every day. I had some mm-hmm. podcast on. Um, I listened to Jenna Kutcher's podcast, um, the Gold Digger podcast a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, more recently, as I started expanding my skills into um, more content marketing, like the newsletters and lead magnets and that sort of thing, I've been listening to Amy Porterfield's podcast mm-hmm. a lot. Um, those are the two big ones, but I mean, there really are so many resources out there. And, you know, I did grow slowly. Um, it was definitely a process. And after I really began to learn more and I felt more confident in the skills that I was developing, um, you know, I was able to um, put on my social media account that I was a social media manager. And um, so just through referrals and people finding me on Instagram, that's how it started to grow. And mm-hmm. um, I think it was within a year, I was managing 10 or 11 different um, wow. Instagram accounts. So it, it really became to be a lot. And that was definitely where I had to cap it because I, you know, as anyone knows, keeping up with an Instagram account uh, oh, creatively is definitely a lot of work. So yeah, I mean, I was trying to keep up with three of my own, um, my like private practice, like more general account, Dr. Cassidy, my account, my private account for just therapists and my podcast account. And I felt like I was in over my head um, just with those three mm-hmm. on right. top of trying to figure out, you know, how can I keep creating engaging content? And if I want people to see the posts that I'm creating, mm-hmm. I also need to be like in the app and engaging and responding. And I wanted to um, start a, a newsletter and have emails going out. And so, yeah, I felt overwhelmed just by three. So, I mean, I can't imagine 10 or 11, <laughs> but, you know, I think that um, if it's your, if, if this is like, I think you've, you've mentioned mindset now a few times, right? And so mm-hmm. if you're logging in and the, your purpose is like, this is part of, this is part of my job, like you, it is your job, right? And right. so, and you know how many hours you have and you're managing your time in those ways and, and, and cultivating the space for these roles and for these jobs, knowing that you are also going to be compensated for this time and this work, then I imagine Mm -hmm. that makes it much easier. Right, exactly. Um, And I think that is the, that is the great thing about, you know, this relationship between a therapist in training and a, a therapist kind of supporting each other is it, I believe it really is mutually beneficial, you know, um, I think students really just have the eagerness to learn. And um, so many of us admire um, a lot of the therapists that are um, in the Instagram space and are marketing themselves that way. And so I think that there's there's a lot to learn there. And of course, it's nice to be compensated, but I know that the experience in terms of just the the connections that I've made and some of the behind the scenes stuff about private practice that I've learned uh, will really make the biggest difference for me in the long run. And I mean, I will say as uh, the person who's on the other end receiving the support, 
Like I said, I had hired a PR person, a social media manager, even a friend before to help me. And none of them were therapists. And mm -hmm. while they had like, yeah, like a ton of background, right, in marketing, what made my work with you different was that you understood my field and you understood the work that I was doing. You understood things like what kind of content would be appropriate, what kind of engagement would be appropriate, what might be a moment where you need to reach out to me and say, hey, um, how, how might we respond here? Or mm -hmm. I don't know, you just, you because you are, you are a clinician and you're like in the process of getting educated in this field, that made a huge difference. And so, you know, for any of the students here or um, somebody who's in training or getting their hours, who's listening and maybe interested in doing this kind of work um, and is hearing also the ways in which it has benefited you, I don't think that you need to have, like you're saying, a background in marketing. Like there are, right. there's so much that you can offer just because of what it is that you're already learning and, and getting educated on and the work you're already doing. And I do think that the marketing knowledge can come by by doing some of the work that you were doing, such as listening to podcasts and just really investing yourself in, in learning what works in terms of um, online marketing. But I also right. want to kind of touch on other roles that virtual assistants can take on because, you know, I know that while for me, a lot of the support I needed was in the online marketing realm and social media and, um, you know, webinars I was hosting and those sort of things. I also know that there's other things that virtual assistants can be doing if someone's in private practice. So could you kind of identify what some of those other roles might be? Right. Um, so the bulk of my work, especially initially, was the social media management um, so that would be uh, creating images, um, creating captions, um, doing some engagement, um, which, you know, like you were saying, I think, especially with the engagement, it is really important to have some experience with mental health just because you never know what, what you'll come across. And I think um, you know, especially on Instagram, it's important to have someone that um, understands, you know, what your license stands for and um, how important it is that you uphold the integrity of that. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as some other tasks go that, uh, that I have personally worked on, um, really handling client inquiries um, via phone or email, um, you know, doing client intake and um, scheduling as well. Mm -hmm. um, for me, working remotely, sometimes it didn't always work out for me to do uh, phone work, especially if I was out of the country. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, we've always been able to, to kind of work it out. Um, and then also things like even organizing marketing reports. So, um, kind of tracking and organizing where leads are coming in from and uh, figuring out where referrals were coming from. I think mm -hmm. on an organizational standpoint, um, it's really helpful to have some of that that data handy to make sure that the marketing that you're doing is is an efficient use of your time. Yes. Oh my gosh. I mean, it has been a lifesaver for me to have that support. 
And <clears throat> to have, you know, to have plans put in place and systems put in place, which you've really supported. So for instance, um, you know, you and I are on Slack, which is sort of where we're identifying different tasks. I'm able to sort of share documents and share tasks for you. We also mm -hmm. have um, our social media content calendar that you created where we're planning things in advance. I'm letting you know when like there's going to be a course launch or a podcast launching. Um, and for those who are listening and they're wondering like, well, how does one come up? Like, how does a virtual assistant come up with content for you when like it's your work, you know? And I, I really do think that you, you put in, and especially in the beginning, I'm sure there was maybe more time that you had to invest in that, but you put time in to really look at other things I have written. So whether that's blog posts or old content, um, mm -hmm. you're listening to my podcast episodes, my old ones and the new ones that are coming up. And you are, you really got to know my voice and it's not like you are necessarily coming up with content that is like just coming out of nowhere. Like you're creating content that's based on things that I have, I have already shared with you or that work that I've already done. And right. you're repurposing these things in a way that makes it fresh because you, you have new eyes that you're putting on it. Um, mm -hmm. and you're repurposing like old podcast episodes, but you're also looking at the new ones that are coming up and you are taking quotes and clips from that to create these, um, these posts and you're using my language in the caption. And then what happens is that you will share this stuff with me. Um, like, so like upcoming posts mm -hmm. in, you have a Google doc and then I will go in and make edits so that it really does reflect my voice, of course, and anything else that for me is really important to add or um, edits to the post itself. So it's, you know, I think for anyone who's listening, it's not like your virtual assistant just like basically takes over and like you ha are ha now having no say in the in the stuff that's going out there. I mean, my you're using things that I've already worked on and you've really gotten to know my voice. And then I'm going in there and adding my voice in as well, um, right. which I think is, is a really important piece of this, but it has helped so much and it has saved me so much time. And I also wanna say, Taylor, like one of the things I didn't expect from our relationship and hiring you on was how like I don't know I it's the work can be isolating and lonely especially when you're in private practice and like you're working on things that are all, you know for instance like digital courses and using social media to market some of the things that you're doing whether that's your practice or um, podcasts or courses that you have or other offerings that it, it can be isolating because so much of the work is happening like in an office in front of a computer and I feel so much less alone in the work. Like it's right. pretty cool that like every day I have somebody that I'm like touching base with and talking to about the things that I'm working on, the things that are coming up. Um, I don't know. It feels like really nice to have someone right. to talk to about those things. Like I don't feel as lonely or isolated in the work because I know that you're invested too. And I mean, when I feel blocked or stuck, for instance, like if there's a podcast episode that was great, but I just don't know what to call it, for instance, because we covered mm -hmm. so much, you know, you're already listening to them before they go live to support me in creating content for them to market them. 
but you're also helping me with like, what should I call this? You know, um, and or other tasks I've had you do is when I have live webinars for um, a course launch, you're in there welcoming people, you're collecting questions and sharing them with me in a Google Doc so I can answer them at the end. Um, some other tasks that you've done, um, well, the newsletters is especially, um, mm -hmm. and it's just, it's just been so helpful to have that support. Oh, another thing that you often do is with the digital courses, for instance, or like a lead magnet. And if someone doesn't know what that is, that's basically a way to bring people, that's the magnet part, mm -hmm. uh, bring people to like your email list. So you can build your email list. It's like a free resource um, or like a worksheet, for instance. And you've supported me in creating those as well as worksheets and workbooks that are in my digital courses. And it's not like I'm just saying, hey, I need this, like go make it. I'm off, I'm giving you like a document that basically has like the content outlined, but then you're going in to reuse Canva and you're mm -hmm. making it beautiful, you know, or you're like bringing in my branding elements and doing things that, you know, I could do, but it takes so much time. And really like at this point, I need to just focus on the content creation and like what's actually going into these things. And right. I don't have time to be, building it out into a PDF that is really branded and stylistic. And so those are some of the tasks that you would take on. Um, right. I totally yeah. agree. It's, I think it's definitely great that it, it really has been a collaborative effort. Um, and, you know, I can speak to from my side as well, especially doing an online program for any other students who might be listening who um, you know, are, are doing their, their coursework remotely. Um, it has been so nice to collaborate with other therapists as well and, and to work with you every day um, because being in an online program can be very isolating as well. Um, and that can be a challenge. Um, and I know before, um, you know, when we first started working together, you mentioned, you know, like, gosh, I like, really appreciate you you doing this work and helping me with content um I almost feel like I should be giving you know you credit for it and I was like no this is you know 100% your stuff um and your content it's just like you said um you know being able to repurpose older content and and that kind of stuff is really helpful and I know for me personally um trying to learn your voice and your style, your podcast has been incredibly helpful with that. Um, but for someone who maybe doesn't have a podcast, mm -hmm. um, you know, something that I would maybe suggest is starting um, some kind of Google Doc or maybe a questionnaire with your assistant where they can really um, get to know your voice and your style and the kind of work that you do um, you know, what kind of work you're doing with yeah. clients, what kind of work you enjoy doing. Um, so there are definitely other ways to get creative and and help your assistant identify your voice and your style, because that that really is a, a process, especially at the beginning, like you mentioned. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I was thinking about that because I know that for us, that is sort of how you have, like where you've gotten inspiration for content. Mm -hmm. Um, is through old stuff that I've done in the podcast, but 
yeah, some, somebody might be like, well, I want to start those things, but I don't have those things yet. Um, but what I'm hearing you say is, you know, it might just take a little bit of time on the licensed therapist end to maybe create, you know, some sort of Google Doc where they're sharing, you know, things that, like their, what their work is, their style, their approach, um, mm-hmm. things they want to be writing about, and maybe even just like throwing in like how they would speak about some of these things, um, mm-hmm. where they're, like where they tend to find their own inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um and then on the virtual assistant side, maybe them, they could have some sort of questionnaire that they've kind of built to support them in getting to know the therapist's voice and um, what inspires them and what they, like who their ideal um, audience is, like who they really want to be targeting. Right. Um, and, and, then, and then coming up with systems that really support sort of like a continued effort in both people being able to communicate with each other about what's coming up and what they want to be sharing um, right. or doing. Right, exactly. I, I, I love, I love that, there's, that there's that support out there. I mean, it has been, I'm, I'm saying, I'm really telling you, like it has been a game changer. When I first hired you, I know it was in October because I was just about to leave on a trip. <laughs> I was like overwhelmed <laughs> by the fact that I was going to be on and on vacation and I didn't want to have to be on social media all the time. But because at that point in my career, being engaged pretty consistently was important because of some of the other offerings, um, the online courses, for instance, that I'm offering that have supported diversifying my income. Being on mm-hmm. social media has become much more a part of my job. Whereas before I was marketing my practice, it was more um, limited to just building community um, here locally. But right. once it grew, I was like, okay, I really do need to make this part of my job um, in terms of online marketing. And I was so like nervous to go out of town and just really wanted to be able to not be so focused on it. So mm-hmm. I hired you around that time. It was October. And in October, I know that I had less than 10,000 followers. And again, before, the number of followers were not important to me because I was really about building community here locally as a way to market my practice and like support groups that I was running. But at that point, I really was in growth mode in terms of um, really targeting um, quality followers who would be interested in things that I might be offering online. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was in growth mode and I hired you in October. I was under 10,000 and I'm at 25,000 right now on my Dr. Cassidy account. So that is more than doubled in just a few months. And right. so I really do believe that a big portion part of that is having you come on. Um, and so, you know, somebody might be wondering, okay, this all sounds so great, but what is the cost of this? Like, can I actually logistically do it? So can you share a little bit about what um, typically compensation looks like and what what people are paying virtual assistants, how often they're paying them, this sort of thing? Yeah, so usually, um, historically, I have charged anywhere from 15 to 20 an hour, Um you know, that's definitely negotiable between the Mm -hmm. therapist and the VA, just depending on um, maybe level of experience or what tasks they're, they're really needing support around. 
Um, but, you know, for me personally, um, the administrative work, I have usually charged on the lower end of that. Um, but definitely the things that require a lot more creative energy, um, you know, with creating content, um, that definitely does take up some more time. So I usually tend to charge on the higher end of that. But like I said, I think it's definitely something that is negotiable between the therapist and the VA. Yeah, and I would definitely say that it's important to have a contract in place um, Mm -hmm. beforehand, whether that's something you guys create together or is um, the VA creates and then and then shares with the person that is hiring them, just so that Mm -hmm. everyone's on the same page about like how often the VA is getting paid, what the roles are. Um, Also, to have elements in there in terms of like um, password security and. Um, limitations um, and all all of that. And if you have your VA talking to clients, then you definitely want to have that in your informed consent as well to make sure that clients are aware of that kind of communication that would be happening, what the limits are around confidentiality, but also what the boundaries are, um, right. which is not something you and I do, but um, this is sort of what I'm imagining would be important to do um, if you were having someone do more administrative work or was communicating with clients in any way. Right. I definitely think it's important to outline all of those details, um, especially just because with working remotely, um, you know, having that element of accountability as well um, is really important. And it really is a, a skill that you have to learn to be able to Um, manage yourself and manage your your time effectively. So I think even those elements are are really important as well as far as um, just making sure that, um, you know, both the therapist and the VA feel um, supportive and that their needs are being met. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so Before we wrap up here, if somebody is listening and they're like, all right, I'm sold. I need a VA. I need a VA to come. I need a unicorn to come save my life. (laughs) (laughs) Asks I have, where can a therapist go about finding a VA? And this might be also relevant to someone who's interested in becoming a VA so that they can be found. How Mm -hmm. how are you going about in doing this? Yeah. So ever since we kind of started talking about this topic on your therapist account on Instagram, it's a question that I've been getting a lot from both students and therapists. Um, I know that a lot of students are really starting to step into the space on Instagram and uh, or starting blogs. And I think that that's a great idea. Um, You know, if you're starting it to just share the educational aspects of what you're learning, um, you know, I think that that is a great idea as long as you're, you know, considering the ethical considerations of being in that space and what kind of content you're sharing. Um, I know that many therapists found me on Instagram. Um, Like I said, that really grew over time. So it wasn't something where I had, um, you know, a bunch of therapists looking for support at one time, but that was um, helpful for me. Um, I do have a wait list right now. Uh, I know that some therapists were interested in uh, working with me, and I unfortunately just don't have the availability, but I do know there are a lot of students who are out there who are 
really eager to do some of this work and really get some of that behind the scenes um, experience, you know, with private practice and, and really make those connections. Um, I did go ahead and decide to start working on an e-course um, just because I don't have the availability to take on more therapists myself, but um, I really just think it's such a great relationship to explore, like I was saying earlier, um, because it can be mutually beneficial um, mm-hmm. for both. I think it's a win-win relationship because graduate students have that uh, level of experience and understanding that therapists need to assist them in their work. Um, you know, but also I think therapists can be a tremendous support for therapists in training or or graduate students. Um, so social media, I would say, is definitely a good place to start. Um, it might be a little bit of a slower process to get started there. Um, if you're kind of looking to fast track that, I will have the e-course that will kind of serve as a training guide um, for both therapists and therapists in training to help them learn how to mm. utilize that VA role. Um, yeah. So that might be of interest um, to any students or therapists who are interested in it, um, but might not have the the time to listen to a bunch of podcast episodes like I did. Um, so excited that you're doing that, Taylor. Do you have a sense? I mean, definitely once it goes live, you'll tell me and I'll share um, as much as I can with people. Do you have a sense of when that will, when you hope to launch that? Yeah, so I want to launch it this spring. Um, It'll basically be covering everything that I've accumulated over the past two years from working with different therapists, um, everything from content marketing to client communication, and also just how to hire and onboard a VA. And the piece that I'm actually most excited about is um, the Facebook group that um, people who purchase the course um, or go through the course will have access to. And that will really be the best way that I know of for therapists and students to connect and find each other so that way they can um, support each other through that. Genius, Taylor. I love it. Well, this has been so much fun. I mean, we talk every day, but I'm so glad we got a chance to do this and share this more publicly, our conversation with others. Thank you so much. Where can people find you and your work? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I really enjoyed this. If anyone has any questions, um, probably the best place to find me would just be to find me on Instagram. My handle is at the therapist notes and at my link in the bio there, um, you'll be able to find my website. I have virtual assistant resources there as well. And if you're interested in the e-course, you can find some information there as well. Awesome. And I'm going to share all those links in the show notes for anyone who's listening. Taylor, thank you so much for doing this. I'm so glad we got a chance to virtually record this episode and connect. I'm so grateful for you for so many reasons, but especially today for you taking the time. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful as well. 
I really hope you enjoyed the information that was shared in this episode. Ready to build or grow your modern private practice? Click the link in the show notes for Modern Therapist Academy, a comprehensive e-course to support you in building and growing your private practice. Thank you for inviting me and my guests into your day. Be sure to subscribe so you can be the first to hear when new episodes launch. Have a beautiful, wonderful rest of your day.